Want to tell your employees or clients how much you appreciate them? Stand out from the competition with the best gift ever. Minky Couture Luxury Blankets are the best gift ever for appreciation and recognition to say thank you every day of the year for a job well done. For every member of your team, share your warmth. Show them you care with Minky Couture Luxury Blankets, the best gift ever. Shop now at softminkyblankets.com. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Back again, back again. Hello, everyone. We're back again. Today is an awesome day. To me, like most days, you know, some days are not the best, and some days they're not the worst either. And this podcast has been great in telling stories of good days and bad days for people. And you're going to be seeing that coming up with all these guests we have coming on who are telling their amazing stories. Life is so much about stories, good times, the bad times, and everything in between. And our next guest, Emily Groman, is someone I trust quite a bit and who has always had my back, always been wonderful, was gritty, tough, but also warm and kind. And I believe that you guys are going to get a lot out of this uh, podcast with her on. Uh, she's very honest and forthright, and I love that about Emily. So I could read you her bio, but you can read that in the show notes. And I want to take this time to just really love up and care about these guests who are just amazing. And thank you guys for supporting what we're doing with telling human stories. So without further ado, I'm super pumped to present to you Emily Groman. Oh, it's good to hear your voice. Yours too. So tell me what you've been up to lately. Um, let's see. Uh, the 55 and over place, uh, the lifestyle assistant there has not been boring. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a different age demographic and um, different energy than any other place that I've worked. I mean, the energy between was kind of similar. This is completely different Right. either of those. But adjusting not, to not, it, um, I think pretty well, you know, good days, bad days. So, yeah, that sounds like life or, to me, you know. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. As you can now see, I'm doing this podcast and I'm really enjoying doing it. And I'm having some excellent conversations with people from all over. That's been really nice. And, um, yeah, I, I've been listening. I was just listening to the one with Emma. Oh, oh man, we had a good time. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Emma's on some different stuff now, you know? Yeah. Literally. I'm so happy for her. I'm very proud of her. I know, literally. Literally, yes. yeah. Yeah, you got that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of her, too. You know, she's grown quite a bit since I've known her over the years. And it's nice to see people kind of 
metamorphosing into the person that they'd like to become, you know? Correct. Correct. Yes. And, and, and that for me, as far as our relationship has gone, gosh, what, for seven years Mm -hmm. now, what has just been awesome. There, there aren't many people like you as far as just you in general as a person, but you as, as a boss, I never really felt like it was a boss employee relationship. Hmm. It was always, we were working together and you were always willing to support me or push me if I needed it to get to the next thing. Or, I mean, without you, I would never have become a personal trainer. Wow, man. This is a love fest right now, everyone. (laughs) I know. We need an abundance bell. We need them as an abundance bell. We need, isn't that abundance bell amazing? I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I need this. <laughs> yep. So I got uh, certified for fascial stretch therapy back in November. Awesome. Now, I didn't know you were doing that. So what brought you to that? Um, just because you know that my, my first passion was yoga just because of mm-hmm. the, the massive personal change that it brought to my life. Um, but yoga is wonderful. However, seeing progress in people is a lot of times, um, definitely a time investment kind of thing. And not that I'm not willing to put that time in. It's just sometimes the people that are on that journey with me get a little frustrated because Mm -hmm. they're not seeing what they want to see like right now. And so with fascial stretch therapy, especially in the 55 and over community, they have, you know, degenerative joints or they have new joints or they have low back issues or whatever because you know getting older your body wears out Mm -hmm. and so seeing the absolute immediate difference and relief that it gives people that's that's my new crack honestly (laughs) Emily I knew I knew I'd like to have on here you're pretty funny I always thought you're very hilarious and everybody else thinks that too by the way (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) that's your new crack Okay. Yep. Wow. So helping, I've always wanted to help people and, and sometimes to the point of being detrimental to myself because it's always easier to look out than to look in. I have found, especially over the past, you know, decade or so. So it's, it's, it's awesome to so be able to help people. It's wonderful. So tell me a little bit about, about that, about how it, maybe it has been detrimental in your life. One of the things, uh, reason why I ask is, you know, on this podcast, we've had some amazing stories and have some great stuff coming up that are some good hard stories. I think sometimes the joy is balanced out well with understanding the struggle that people have had. So what has been detrimental, you think, in, in the past for you with that? Um, well, just giving so much of myself that I, I become neglectful of my emotional needs as well as my physical needs to the point of wearing myself out so much that it be, it physically manifests itself in an illness or you know a headache or anything like that so it, it's it became just something like like oh no I'm just sick and then when I was 43 and going through a divorce I was uh, talking with a life coach Mm -hmm. and this is the first time that in my life anybody ever told me, you, you know, you have options, right? Hmm. And I'm like, 
what is what are these options you speak of? I am not knowing this. What is this option? option. <laughs> yes. No one has ever spoken of this to me. What is this strange magic? And I, it was just that was hugely pivotal in my life at that time because it was just, you know, not a great time. And I had lost myself because mm. I was, you know, a mother of two beautiful girls and the the beginning of my marriage it was just like yeah we're gonna do this together blah 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 and then things just happened and it didn't work out that way and it was it was a lot of self-blame a lot of shame on my part because I kept being told that you know if you want something then it's up to you to do it yourself that you need to get on that and you know you're not right and no, this is the way to do it. So it was just, it was ba- basically my whole life. I grew up kind of like that. It didn't even like just start with my marriage disintegrating. It, it was like throughout my whole life. And I think a lot of it had to do with being the youngest of five. Yeah. Army family. And <laughs> so it was just like everything's blamed on the baby. And it was not a good space. And so to be told that I have options and that, you know what? Yeah, your life has been shitty and, and you've been treated pretty badly. And what have you been doing to take care of yourself? And yeah. that blew my mind. That absolutely blew my mind. I'm like, take care of myself? Well, then that would make me selfish and that would make me even a worse person than I obviously already am. Interesting. But turns out that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was not right, right? <laughs> That was very incorrect. <laughs> so what is it about the options? What was, what was it that was surprising to you? You felt like you just didn't have any options or that, hey, I, I can't afford to have these. This is just how things are in my life. I was always told that uh, uh, what I was to do or what I was not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. There were no options. It was either my way or the highway. Right. Growing up. And then that that transferred into my marriage because that is the life that I was comfortable with. You know? Yeah. So, you know, getting outside of that comfort zone was extremely terrifying for me, especially, you know, going into my mid 40s. It was just like, oh, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You think, oh, man, I've been doing this for a while. And now all of a sudden you're popped out on the other side of this this door. And you're yeah. in your mid-40s, and you're like, what is my life going to look like at this stage? Correct. So what was that like for you? Was What was so scary and just a new new horizon, new challenge, but definitely difficult? Definitely difficult. Um, and yes, very, very, very challenging. Um, you know, a lot of, unfortunately, my self-worth was wrapped up in how much money I would have available to me. Mm. And... Um, that part was really, really, really scary. Um, also, there, I, I, through going with this life coach, I, I did realize that, and this was a huge thing for me, is that I needed to be able to look at myself in the mirror to know that I had done everything possible to fix it and to, to be, you know, not just like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm breaking up. Right. And, but, even more importantly, I needed to be able to look at my children who are, are women and say, you know what? You too have options. You don't have to stay 
in a relationship that's not working for you, even if you do have kids. That's not that's not a reason to stay in a relationship that's bad. Right. Why do you think people, you know, I've noticed like, you know, especially maybe my generation, your generation, I feel like that's kind of been a thing where people say we just stay together because we have kids and it's just easier that way. I mean, have you noticed that over time with at least this general those generations? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Especially, you know, seeing some of the relationships um, ancillary to uh, my marriage, like relatives, distant relatives or whatever. And it was just like, wow, how are they still married? They treat each other like crap. Right. 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 (laughs) How is that good for anybody? So. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I, you know, my, I I have seen that with, you know, relatives and stuff. And um, my, um, my wife, who, you know, obviously, and her, Yes. Her parents have, um, well, her mother-in-law, my mother-in-law passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but, right. but they, they had a very poor relationship and they stayed together for a really long time. And I know Michelle, I always say, I wish they wouldn't have in a sense, because it's, it doesn't make sense to continue to stay together when you're unhappy. But I think for some people, they don't know. It's too scary to try to do something new, to be single at an older age sometimes, you know? Correct. Correct. And for, you know, the generation before mine and the generation before that, there was a a stigma attached to especially women being divorced. Yeah. You know, women got nothing. You know, they were completely financially ruined all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you see that things are changing? Like you talked about what you have said with your daughters. Do you see things changing in this light? I do. Um, I see things changing because I think that a with the internet, the world is a very small place Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And it also, it encourages conversations sometimes. I mean, I understand that, you know, the whole, you know, you're not looking up to, to be with people because you're always on your phone. But as, as a parent, what I've tried to instill in my children is, you know, ask the questions that you want the answers to. Even if they're tough questions, you can still ask them with kindness and respect. You don't have to be disrespectful and bitchy about it. Right. Just ask the questions that you want the answers to. Maybe if you're angry, then, you know, calm down first and then have a discussion about it. But don't keep it all inside because it's going to fester and something's going to explode later on that might be irreparable when right now it's kind of a small thing. Right. Totally agree. You know, it's interesting that aspect of, you know, if you don't talk about things or talk about your feelings, you kind of sweep it underneath the rug and then that becomes a larger and larger element in your life that you'll have to confront at some point. Um, Right. It will come to you. It is a very large bag of a resentment. And <laughs> it's, it's a never big bag of shit. It's going to come to you. <laughs> it will yes, come yes, for it you. Is. It will rain on you. <laughs> it will be dumped on you if you don't face it and deal with it. You know? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And you always seem like someone that I enjoy talking to because I felt like you... Uh, one are tough. I always felt that you were tough. I don't know if I ever told you that, but I always felt that you're very tough 
And you also, you know, you're gritty, but you're also very kind and caring and loving all at the same time. And that you are always working on yourself to become better. And I see that that has continued with you doing fascial stretch. But take, take me into how you said yoga was pivotal in your life. Oh, well, thank you very much for those awesome kind words. Um, so I'll take you back to when I was 15. I grew up in a small town uh, in Tennessee, and uh, we had three and a half acres. So I was 15, and it was my job to mow the acreage. Mm-hmm. My, we always had a garden that was, it was a pretty big garden. It was like three quarters of an acre. And my dad uh, finished tilling the earth yes. with the, an attachment on the tractor. It was a Sears uh, tractor and it had like the lawnmower attachment on the bottom. And then you could like put these, these like two foot long uh, reinforced steel rods and then attach like right. a tiller to it. So he took the tiller off. I mowed the grass. And um, when I went to park it, the brakes, the brakes failed, and I fell off backwards off of an eight-foot retaining wall. Oh, wow. With the tractor attached to me. And so if it hadn't been for those reinforced steel arms going all the way up to the backside of the tractor, the tractor would have actually crushed me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so what had happened was there was like a, a there like a, the seat in the back kind of went up just a little bit just to support that low back and so when i fell i hit that oh okay and so you know my parents being who they were they were like oh she's walking she's fine we're going <laughs> to take her to the doctor it'll be fine yeah. so and after like a month it was fine until i got pregnant and then you know, towards the end of my first pregnancy, I started having sciatica. Right. And then um, that went away after Hunter was born. And then I got pregnant three and a half years later, carried Sydney a little bit lower. And so the last trimester, it was like my left leg would go numb and like collapse out from under me, which was like super attractive. <laughs> that <laughs> Very was large pregnant woman. Yes. Losing that. <laughs> With her three-year-old. Yeah. The three-year-old daughter going, I help you up, mommy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And so I thought, you know, this time it'll it'll go away after I have the baby. It didn't. It was like 24-7, shooting pain up my back, down my legs. Um, I tried everything that insurance would pay for in like two years. And it was either it didn't help at all. Uh, It made me feel disgusting and made me sleepy. uh, Or it was just a temporary fix. And so I was training with a personal trainer in Florida where we lived to go on my first ski trip to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, have you ever tried yoga? I was just like, well, no, because the only thing I knew about yoga was from like 1975 on TBS (laughs) with the woman in the cement colored like brightly you know like so shiny lycra unitard with her hair flowing around her going oh Um. and I'm like (laughs) Okay, well, you know, if chanting will help my back, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down. I'm totally down. So um, went in, not what I expected at all. I walked out with, like, baby giraffe legs and sore for a week <laughs> and did it for six months. And I know for twice a week, six months for twice a week, I noticed my pain was cut in half. And then after one year, I have had no pain 
in the last 20 years. Awesome. Wow. So literally changed my life because pain is no fun. No, it's amazing what we do when we're in pain, the things we'll do to -hmm. try to get well. Uh, yes. For that, as you lose kind of your ability to be able to move about freely and do the things that you enjoy to do. Right. Yeah. And I was the, the mother of two small children with a husband at the time that traveled usually, you know, anywhere from five to 14 days at a time. Right. With no family around. So, yeah, it was it was it was hard. How do you view yoga today? You know, obviously you've been doing it a long time. And I think yoga is always one of those things that's like. You're never going to get rid of me. We come back all the time, you know, type of thing. <laughs> it's been around forever, literally. And yes. uh, how do you see it playing out in today's society? Um, I'm really, because the only type of yoga, I call it gym yoga. I've never taught in a, a yoga studio. Gym before. yoga. <laughs> gym yoga. It's a certain, I mean. I've, I've taken yoga classes in yoga studios before where they're like, okay, breathe into your like third chakra. And I'm like, I don't even know where that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, you know, they, they they speak in Sanskrit or whatever, yeah. but you know, gym yoga, they don't want it warm. If it's above 75, they're like, what are we doing? Like hot yoga. I'm like, really? <laughs> no. Um, but I'm so glad that there are so many variations available to people so that they find the one that speaks to them that they can actually go into and just take however long the class is, you know, leave their crap out at the door because it's always going to be there waiting for you when you get out. Right. But just, just be mindful of themselves, slow down, breathe, you know, be mindful of what your body feels like in space doing these wonderful, like flowing poses or, you know, hardcore balancing poses, you know, whatever, it, whatever turns you on and whatever gets you to that state of, you know, just being in your own self is, is awesome. I love that. That is awesome. I've, I've noticed a, a huge kind of surge in yoga in general. Um, and often I think, in relationship to kind of the world we're in with fitness, where there's just so much um, we're at a point where it's, you know, the, the hardcore physical intensity of it is kind of birthed the recovery element of it quite a bit. And then right. people working so much has birthed kind of this whole mindfulness and, and more in tune to yoga uh, aspect of it. But it's funny, then you start seeing things like I saw this thing was like goat yoga. And I was like, what the hell is that? Have you heard of this? Of course I've heard of this. Oh, I just wanted to talk about it. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> well, you know, it looks like a lot of fun, but it looks kind of distracting um, <laughs> as far as, you know, like a, an actual yoga practice goes. I've not experienced myself. But, you know, honestly, what I think is like, what do they do with all the goat poop? That's what I'm it's thinking. Like, it's like there's no diapers on those goats. Right. Like, do you go to like a farm for it or something or they bring them in? Like, it's like... I, I'm thinking that pretty much you could have whatever you want, but it's like, wow. I mean, you're just doing it and a goat's just taking a dump right in front of you. Just like, I don't know. Is that, is that peaceful? I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about that. No. I, I mean, it, I think it's, it's a fun thing. I don't know that it necessarily should be a regular practice and, and the word should probably shouldn't be there, but, you know it's like 
if, if you like goat yoga and that puts you in a nice state of mind, mm. then okay. Yeah. I, I've it. never seen it. I just read about it and I said, okay, we're, we're doing some interesting things here. And yes. then I started seeing about like laughing yoga and, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, have you, have you heard of that? Have you done it? I haven't done it, but I have heard of it. I've, and, and I, it's kind of funny because I have, um, done like, it's like a laugh therapy class. Uh-huh. Um, and this was like years and years and, oh my God, so many years ago. Um, it was even before I knew about you. I think I was 20 and in college and a theater major. And they were just like, we're going like, to open up some, some spaces in you by laugh therapy and, and right. stuff like that. And it was, it was really interesting. What did and you enjoy I, about it the most or what was interesting to you? Yeah. Um, being well, theater has always been a space for me where I can, you know, put on somebody else's character, not necessarily be myself, and and be fine and very comfortable in that space. Right. Because I, you know, I'm not wrong. Like your interpretation isn't necessarily wrong. It's just your interpretation of whatever it is. And so that was the first thing that turned me on to theater. And then this whole laugh thing was it was designed to not take yourself quite so seriously. You know, I, I am an actor. I, I, do, acting. I do acting. Yeah. That's bullshit. Okay? <laughs> just, just calm down. Relax. Yeah. Just relax. So um, that part really spoke to me because I've, as you know, I've never really taken myself that seriously. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Right. Okay. I just, I can't. Bad joke. What? <laughs> So, um, yeah, it just that that part really spoke to me. And that's part of why I enjoy going back to the gym yoga comment was I don't take myself that seriously. What I do take seriously in in my yoga classes is, you know, the the safety of, you know, people in poses because you can hurt yourself. Right. And and so making sure everybody is in in good alignment, they're not going to hurt themselves. I think it's also a space to, it's a safer space to have fun and kind of let yourself just relax a little bit because you're already in a relaxing kind of, you know, motion movement mindset. And, and just to like, you know, like one of the, one of the residents at, at the ridges, I mean, there's always F-bombs on Sunday morning, <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, are you, are you kidding me? I encourage people just to just like shout out whatever it is that they're feeling. Right. It's, it's, um, that means to me that they're comfortable in that space. They feel safe in that space and that allows them to like grow at least a little bit. I think so. that's a, an important comment. You know, I think it was one of the things for me as when I was the GM of the ridges is I wanted everybody to just be themselves and be comfortable right. to like, Hey, listen, you may be a little wild. That's okay. I mean, there's limits mm-hmm. to that here, but you should be right. yourself. It's very difficult for you to inhabit somebody else's personality. Um, so you gotta, we have to be okay with where you're at and hopefully you're growing with that. And I see yoga as certainly as a practice for that, but do you, do you see any differences in instructors? Like, you know, you hear the term yogi and, mm-hmm. you know, I see some, I've, I've, after hiring so many instructors over the years and being around it, it's, there's certainly different 
versions of people doing yoga, I would say. Yes. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. gym yoga. I get that. I kind of see that in what you're saying to me. But then I also had many experiences with instructors who were, um, I think they thought they could like fly or something. And like they, you know, <laughs> they were like, yeah. out, they were out there, man. <laughs> you yeah. Know? What's your experience yep. been that with co- collaborating or connecting with other yoga instructors? Um, it's usually really, I, I always learn something mm-hmm. from them always which is such a it's it's so huge that's another that's an just between you and I that's that's another one of my big crack things I love learning mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yes um so me being able to learn about something new that because a lot of times it's like if you you're just doing classes you're doing classes you're you kind of got blinders on you're like focused on what you're going to do. And then you, you go and you collaborate with somebody else and it might be the same pose or the same flow or whatever. And then they put a new spin on it and it changes it completely. And it's awesome. It's amazing. And usually the people that I have collaborated with have not been the ones like, you know, we're going to open the serpent in your sacrum and then you're going to fly through the heavens and, you know, become like super enlightened and stuff like that so <laughs> i haven't come across too many like self-professed roots thankfully i see um, yeah <laughs> thankfully thankfully <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah i have i have been to some classes where they're just like you know soft speaking and they are like okay we're just gonna breathe that out <laughs> Wow. Okay. Sure. And if that's what you like and that speaks to you, that's awesome. Yeah. To me, I, I, I kind of find it funny. (laughs) Me too. I always thought it was funny. I'm like, what, what's going on in here? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then the whole like Instagram thing of, you know, these, these yoginis and these yogis going impossible poses like perfectly. Yeah. And that's all that's on their Instagram post. It's just like, huh, okay. <laughs> well, as a yoga instructor, maybe I should be doing that. Uh, I don't think my body can at 50 now. So <laughs> uh, I'm just going to take a pass on that. That's pretty. But yeah. yeah. I fascinate. You know, I had, I got in a conversation with, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was not that long ago about kind of these, um, like, people in yoga and then taking pictures of themselves doing yoga poses like all over the world and stuff and front of train stations and all that. And what's your commentary on things like that? Sorry about that. No problem. Yeah, no, I, you know, that I'm not exactly sure where that, that started (laughs) happening, but yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're like I'm not really sure about this whole thing. No. Well, I think is is it to inspire people to do yoga or to look good in posing? I don't know. I'm just I'm curious from other people's perspective, especially practitioners, what their thoughts are about those things. Yeah. For me, my personal thought is it is just it's mostly to look good doing it. Hmm. Yeah. Not ne- not necessarily to inspire somebody to do it. Um, I personally like being a yoga instructor. Feel like 
when I first started seeing it, it was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm a terrible yoga instructor because I can't do this. Mm. And I don't know if that speaks to anybody else in your audience or not, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of like being the, the model on the, on the front cover of a magazine or like a star athlete or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You can aspire to do that, but it, I, I encourage people to educate themselves and find what fits for them. And, and if you're, if, if you're doing it just to get the likes, that's fine. But also know that there's a certain responsibility attached to posting. Interesting. So the concept of responsibility is not one that I've heard so much from actually anybody. I've, I talk about, you know, social media quite a bit on the podcast and because it's good to, because it's a, the age we're living in, it's so prevalent and I like to get other people's opinions, but talk a little bit more about the responsibility aspect of it. I'm intrigued by that. Um, if you're going to be posting and putting yourself out there as somebody who knows how to do a certain thing and do it well, because obviously you have this picture of you doing this perfect, whatever it is, um, yeah. then I, I feel like personally, it would be my responsibility to back that up with knowledge and, you know, if, if you're interested in learning to do a handstand, then steps to do that safely instead of you going, oh, I'm going to emulate that. And, oh, look, I have a broken arm. <laughs> yeah. So there's, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke or, my arm or, trying know, to do this pose. Come on. Yeah. I broke my clavicle. Oh, no. Uh... But it's, uh, so that, that that's what I mean by, you know, being a little more responsible about stuff. Like I see. That. I see. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. And I, but I think also it's it's are the people posting those things? Are they thinking about it that way? Or and I, I wonder that. And sometimes I think, you know, what's the purposeful in this? What's the purpose for doing these things? It's good to explore that. And I think almost today's social media is yesterday's Cosmopolitan magazine. In many yes. ways, I'm, I'm sure if you're old enough, you remember that. Anybody out there? And many of you probably have no clue, literally zero clue what we're talking about. <laughs> Cosmos What's a magazine, a magazine that, yeah, what is a magazine? <laughs> you know, this thing you hold in your hand and with paper, what? you turn the it pages. Light up? No, no. And there's words on, <laughs> on, on paper and, and pictures yes. that made women feel bad about themselves. <laughs> Looking at <Yes>. other women. <laughs> for, for a long, long time. <laughs> Were you yes. ever a part of that? Did you ever look in those magazines? Oh, heck yeah. No, like, yeah, yes, I grew of up course in the, I did. <laughs> I, I, well, I grew up in the 80s. And so, you know, Twiggy was all the rage. And so yes. the, the look was very much, um, you know, no hips, no breasts, no, no real shape. You're just like, you know, boy jeans became very popular back mm. then. And I really so do not fit that profile at all. <laughs> you do not. I know this for a fact. <laughs> you know, I you know I've got this hourglass figure and the J Lo booty, and it's, the, it's been that way forever. Right. And so it was always me comparing myself to, you know, not being able to fit in that way. Mm. And that that still is, you know, I carry that. 16 year old girl with me in my head all the time oh still oh. huh yep yeah. 
How does that nice. manifest itself in, in your today's version of you? Um, out loud, I try not to let it manifest me inside, though. When I look at myself, you know, as, as you get older, it, you know, things shift, gravity works. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, was, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she's lost, gosh, this was a few years ago. She lost, I think, 150 pounds. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, her journey was amazing. And she's recently gained a little bit of weight. And she's just like, you know, I feel fat and ugly. And I'm like, you know what? What, what, in our generation, two words that always go together are fat and ugly. Hmm. If you're fat, automatically makes you ugly. Interesting. And, and I think that is from growing up in the 80s where, you know, anorexia became, you know, in the forefront, bulimia, all, the, all of the eating disorders kind of bubbled up to the surface. Not that they weren't taking place way before then, but they just got this national spotlight because I think Karen Carpenter died of anorexia. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so there was some attention brought to it. And so that's still in my head. You know, I went overseas when I was 16, gained 30 pounds in nine weeks. Right. <laughs> I'm not a tall person. So that's a lot of weight. That's, that's a lot of weight. And so I was like a size 14, 16, which ladies, you know, that's not small. <laughs> and, and I'm five foot three. Right. So yeah, that, that girl is in my head all the time. And so fat and ugly, fat and ugly. So try, I'm, I'm working my way out of that and being happy um, in my personal life and professional life has really manifested itself on the outside of me as well. So how do you think you got to this happiness? What has elevated you to feel that you're in this space right now? Um getting out of a toxic relationship um, was the biggest step. That was the biggest start. Mm -hmm. um, doing what I love and I'm passionate about um, and being able to support myself doing that when, you know, I've been told you can't do that. They don't make any money. You'll never be able to support yeah. yourself. Well, yeah, whatever bitches. <laughs> I am. Love it. I love you, Emily. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> Um, having a, a wonderful support system, uh, with friends and as you know, Christian, he's the love of my life. Yeah. He's my unicorn. Uh, he has been instrumental in, in that, in helping me to see who I am and actually encouraging me to go and, and reach my potential and take some risks. And, you know, it's going to be fine because you're not alone. You're not alone spiritually you're not alone mentally emotionally physically you're not alone ever yeah and it that oh my god that just it it i can't help it it just shines through my eyeballs all the time <laughs> you know so emily in the words it shines through my eyeballs <laughs> it does it shines through my eyeballs <laughs> oh man and that's wonderful how has that manifested itself with your children and what they're doing professionally and, and how you encourage them? Um, Hunter just graduated American University Law School back in May and is studying for the Virginia Bar. Um, she's in a healthy, happy relationship with a guy that she just moved in with uh, in the beginning of May. Um, and I think 
that my kids seeing me in a relationship like this and, and, you know, actually living, you know, walking the walk, talking that, you know, I I do that with them. It's just, I'm, I'm trying to be an example for myself as well as for them. And it seems to have really paid off as far as their personal relationships go. Uh, professionally, Sydney is now at a fantastic Sam's out in Centennial and crushing it. She's doing really, really super well. She's got a great relationship now with a nice guy um, that's going on two years. And um, Hunter uh, just got asked to, um, there was an internship that she was in her last semester of law school and they have a program and they're like that through the university, they would pay the university and the university would pay her as a paid internship, but doing a little more work, especially right. if she passes the bar, you know, and then just kind of getting her feet wet in, in that area, just like legal services and stuff like that. So I'm very, very proud of all my girls. How do you see their development as, you know, millennials and kind of the the stereotypical kind of thoughts that people have about millennials? Um, there is that side to them just because that's, that's their generation. That's mm-hmm. just what they do. Um, but they also, as they grow, cause Hunter's 25 now. Wow. Um, as they, I know, right. <laughs> Jeez. I know, <laughs> um, Crazy. you know, as they become more connected in their, in their, mind and you know the frontal lobe becomes more mature and and they they kind of see and they have life experiences that you know the the real life stuff is is more real for them as as opposed to just something on youtube ah i you know, see it, it it they're they're in it they're not just look, watching it I think that's a common thing. I've talked to some younger people kind of at that, that 25 year old point, especially where it becomes the, you know, they have this term adulting they use, you know, which is hilarious to me. And every generation has their terms and stuff like that. They're like, Oh my, and they're all, they're all very interested in that whole, what it's like to be an adult and Mm -hmm. what they saw. And like you say, YouTube about it or whatever, and then what the reality of is actually being an adult and what that means. And it sounds like they're, they have entered into that. Yes. Yeah. Sydney too. Um, of course she's three years younger, so, right. um, th- her experiences are going to be a little bit different, but it's also, you know, at, at Hunter's age, I had, I had already had her. <laughs> right. You know, I had her the year I turned 25. And so, you know, she's like, I don't ever want babies. I just want oh. cats. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But yeah. she's, both girls are just, they're, you know, they're like, this adulting thing is hard. Especially <laughs> because she's, she's just now kind of getting into it. Whereas Hunter's been away at college for like seven years. And so she's, she knows a little bit. And, you know, Sydney's like, why is laundry detergent so expensive? Right. Because <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the whole seeing it virtually as opposed to actually like living it, I think it's very individual. And um, hopefully the transition isn't too terrible for them. Sounds, uh, sounds like it's going pretty well <clears throat> at this point, you know. Yeah, so far so good. 
knock on wood. So I wonder, you know, all these things. And it's why, you know, when I have people on, I, I never like give people questions ahead of time. I'm like, oh, it's just, we're just having a conversation, you know, and one thing leads to the next. It's the beauty of talking to someone and right. makes me think about their cult, their millennial generation and what they think about and their views on marriage and also in conjunction of what they seen uh, with your relationships growing up. And can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I know that both kids are, are more cautious about entering into, you know, a legal contract with mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, and I think that that was kind of true for them even before their dad and I split. Um, just because, you know, actually, I don't even know why. But I know that hmm. Hunter, Hunter didn't date anybody in high school or middle school. She didn't date anybody until college. And um, you're when, like, when yes, I talk to her, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I know. Exactly. It's like, you want to go to prom with all your girlfriends? Okay. Yes. Um, and Sydney was just like, I don't even want to go to prom. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you're doing that. I know you can. <laughs> yeah. I don't like people. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's. Um, yeah, I asked her one time, I'm like, so why didn't you ever date in high school? She's like, I didn't want to dumb down for some stupid boy just so I had a date to prom. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I like that answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> so, and, and I know that um, she has been, you know, pretty careful about who she goes out with and, and the, the time that it takes to develop relationships and stuff like that. Because she likes to achieve things. So Yeah. And and do well at them. Right, right. Well, it's, I think it's interesting, as we've seen in a lot of statistics out there, the millennials are getting married later or not at all. And, Correct. You know, and, and that the divorce rate is dropping, but a lot of it due to the fact that millennials aren't getting married and right. things of that nature. So I'm, I'm always fascinated how, you know, younger people are viewing um, significant other relationships and and how that is affected by what they saw growing up uh, with that. Right. You know, so it's, it's just interesting, yeah. you know. And I don't, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily just what they saw growing up in their own home, but what they saw in friends' homes as right. well. Right, right. Um, and, and again, that, that virtual, like the, the news exploding with all these terrible divorces and stuff like that. So it's an, also another virtual aspect or influence to it of like, I don't ever want that to happen to me. Right. So. What has changed for you the most? Oh, you talked about growing up in the 80s and, and now mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we're so close to like 2020. It's crazy. Like, I know. That's like nuts. Like, what has changed the most for you in society and culture that you've seen over the course of that time? Um, oh, my gosh, there's so much stuff. <laughs> there's so much stuff. Um, the way we communicate. Um, actually wanting to communicate and like use our words um, the whole, you know, uh, me too movement, feminist stuff. Um, and that gets really interesting with the age demographic that I work with currently, because a lot of them, the older they get, the, the, the filter just goes away. <laughs> of <completely>. course. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, but um, funny because I can't take it personally. It, right. I just can't. Um, um, 
definitely conversations that are had um, with kids now as far as, you know, what to expect as you get older, as your body changes, as, you know, the economy changes. They are so much more body wise and body aware and, and a little healthier, I think, in their mindset. Um, as I mean, like I was at Target the other day um, shopping with Christian's daughter for a bathing suit. And on the display, it was just like these women had no Photoshop to them. You saw the cellulite. You saw everything. I'm like, that is awesome. Yes. That is amazing. Um, and it's, it's, I think the, the realism is, is a, a, a big thing for them as far as seeing people like them out there. Right. Not some fabricated are... Photoshop version of a person. Correct. 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 And, and, you know, what I've tried to personally instill in my kids is, you know, you're going to be able to, hopefully you'll be able to feel when somebody is being disingenuous or manipulative, you'll be able to feel it in your gut and your gut is always right. Always right. Listen to it, even if it's not the comfortable thing to do. So true. So true. I think it's interesting. I think that concept of, you know, your gut, your intuition and following that, you know, sometimes people don't do that because they feel scared or worried about what's the outcome of this. And well, if I'm feeling this, why, what will people think of that, of my decision for this? And I think you just have to live your life and you have to, and I know as I've gotten older, I have certainly cared less about the external things going on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm just going to do me, you know, and take take it or leave it, you know. Right. I think that just takes time on the planet. It does. You know, and life experiences where, uh, you know, and I, and I hopefully with, you know, mentors like you um, and, and I'm, I'm so hopeful that my kids will have a mentor that, that speaks to them and is honest with them, just like you were with all of us. Right. Um, I, I, I hope that they are able to have at least one of you in their life. Oh man, that's nice. I tell you, it's, I've known for me, like probably the last five years of my life, it's very, my life has crystallized very, very clear for me. And one of it, you know, was obviously being at the club with all of you, with everyone there. And it's like, you know, I want to be a good person for everyone here Mm -hmm. and for them to, at least if they haven't had it, that they'll have somebody that truly cared about them and loved them for who they were in a job setting and mm-hmm. nonetheless and and say let's grow together and um let's see what we can get done on this right. and and I do I hope that for your children as well and you know I got to spend a decent amount of time with Sydney when she was working at the club and yeah. and it's it's just fun to watch people grow and change and you see where they're at and the mistakes they make and you know they learn from that and and think for me i always just tried to be truthful but gentle at the same time right. with people and i think you can achieve that without always being like well i'm just going to tell the truth with people i'm going to slap them upside the head and you know right. i'm going to be so tough with them you know and i just never understood that approach yeah, you, me know. Neither. I, you know me neither and that's how i grew up you know right you're going to eat these vegetables because they're good for you well i don't like them but you're going to eat them anyway anyways like, mm. yeah <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like them. Yeah. yeah. I don't like peas. Can I please have asparagus? Right. You know? Right. I think we're in a different time. Things are changing. And I think you're right. I think that's so well said, Emily. It's just time on the planet. Yep. And I think, you know, it's, I was 
I was interviewing another guest the other day. She said, I wish when I was like in my 20, I, when I was in my 20s, I knew this thing about myself. And I'm like, how could you? I'm like, exactly. you, you could have never known that. You had to just no. go through it and experience it. That's the hindsight you have. The hindsight allows you to look back and go, okay, that would have been better maybe, but I had to go through it, you know? Right. Yep. And, and as we, be, as we get older and become less egocentric because, you know, our brains are still developing, um, it, it, you can actually like reach out for help and build a support system, uh, that you probably already have. But a lot of times people are like, I have to do this by myself. I have to do it on my own or else it's not an achievement. And, uh, you know, that's not necessarily true. Right. I, I think that the, the more, not necessarily the more eyes you have on it, but you know, the, the people that are interested in you as a person and, and care about your success and your growth and your, your development, those are going to be the people that will lift you up when you need it. And then you'll do the same for them when it's time. Oh, you're a wise, you're a wise one, Emily. <laughs> oh, grasshopper. Oh, grasshopper. You're Thank so you. wise. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. I actually think you sound different to me, you know, oh, yeah. and for people who are not aware, you know, like Emily and I have known each other for a fairly long time in the span of people knowing each other, I would say. Yeah, especially in Vegas. Yeah, especially. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things is when maybe I haven't talked to somebody in a while and then I talk to them and I go, you just sound different to me. Like you sound like the next level version of yourself in a good way. Yeah, and, and I feel that way. Yeah, it seems like that. I'm talking, I'm like, Emily seems a little different to me. And, and I always loved being around you before, but I thought, oh, there's some real growth going on here I could hear. Yeah, um, being, you know, be becoming the assistant director at um, Heritage has been a huge, I mean, I've done an amazing amount of growth in the past year and a couple months. Um, just from not knowing really anything about, you know, managing a, a facility like that uh, to being able to manage people too. Yeah. And so, I mean, while I've always managed people, they've been my <laughs> children. So, you know, they have to do it. They must do what I say. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't have to pay them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it, it's, you know, it was, um, um, it was a little uncomfortable at first, just because, you know, I didn't quite fit into my, my big girl shoes yet. And, um, yeah, you know, kind of clomping around in, in, in a pair of heels that didn't really fit. Right. But I, I've grown into them and, and they're really comfy now. So, uh, my confidence has, has, um, man, it's really blossomed over the past year. And I have you to thank for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I really for appreciate sure. that. So what is, what has been the most challenging aspect of, you know, in a supervisory or management role, leadership role of other people with other people? Um, I, I know like this the is laughing not ahead of time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Something's coming here. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure that you're not going to be surprised about this, but just the 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 hard part, the most challenging part for me, is the not necessarily well disciplining or you know mm. yes I still I do it with love and kindness but it still sucks it does that, you know you got to sit down and have a talk 
and you know the person becomes upset and you know I it's just like well this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you kind of thing <laughs> but <laughs> that's another part of my growth you know fortunately I don't have to do that that often I've got a pretty good team set up over there um but when it does happen it's it it's not fun so I think that's a very difficult part about you know, in leadership with other people is, you know, people again, they say, Oh, I want to do this job. I want to get into it. You know, there's um, a lot of positives to it, you know, and they go, Oh, the, the, the hard parts though, are that you're having to have those critical conversations with people. And yeah, if you build a great team, you, you will have less of those, but you're still going to have them at some point. Yeah. For and sure. I think those, I, I was, I felt the same way when I first started and I was, it was uncomfortable, but you know, like anything, you do it enough, you start getting used to it. And yeah. And I think as people yeah. are so different, I thought it was the biggest challenge for me was always trying to understand each person individually on their level. Right. And not treating right. it like this big cyborg system of people like, okay, well, let's just, everybody's the same. Yeah. I'll be nice and kind everybody but everybody ticks a little differently and and understanding hey you're okay the way you are and we're going to try to maximize that you know some people are morning people some people are evening people some people need more you know rah-rah like cheerleading Mm -hmm. some people just tell me what to do and and being flexible in all of those different phases I think especially as your team grows and gets big it's like, yes. okay, we have a lot of personalities going on here, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, a lot of moving parts to this this whole thing here, so. Yes, and it's different, you know? It is, it is. And, you know, you did an amazing job, and it's a, it's a Thank huge, you. and I do it at um, Heritage. I sit down and I talk with, you know, when there's time to talk um, with the, the staff there and get to know them a little bit and what some of their challenges are and um, what they want to do and, you know, see how we can, you know, accelerate the process or support them in, in whatever it, whether, whether it's leaving us to go do something else or, you know, like we had uh, Roy that wanted to go into the Navy. And so right. it was just like, you know, we're going to work you as hard as you want to be worked and, and support you in, in what you need to do to get to that next goal in your life. Right. So that, that is definitely um, a huge thing that I took away from your, your management Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is now I'm a a member of a club. And so I'm on the other side and I'd never been a member of a club before. So now the resort that I'm a member of up here. So I go to the the spa and the health club, you know, to work out and stuff. And, and I'm in there, I'm like, Oh, this is a weird feeling being on the other side of this whole equation. (laughs) But the manager, the leader in me, I see things going on. I'm like, Oh, I, I want to say mm-hmm. something, but I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Also, yeah, either. yes, you yes. know, the member who just can't help saying stuff all the time. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, yeah. uh, I know we both. <laughs> I maybe we're both thinking of the same person right now. I don't know. But, no, that can't be right. No, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not going to be this person. You know, one time I went into the director's office just to say hi and introduce myself and. And I'm looking in there. I'm like, okay, I, I don't want, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to say anything. I see things. It's the front desk. It's like driving me crazy, and mm-hmm. I just kind of abstain. I'm like, eh, you know, but it's different. But I understand, you know, the 
you look at somebody doing their job and you go, you know, maybe they could do this better and that better, but you don't, you don't know the mechanics of what's going on behind the scenes either. Correct. Right. So yeah. What they're able to actually implement or do or execute. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And that's tough. You know, when you're a member, I think sometimes as you think, well, I'm a member, they should just do it, get this piece of equipment for me or take care of this. And, and it's, it's just not like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we both know how that works. <laughs> yeah. And so I try to sympathize, you know, with with them about that. But I always I always thought to myself, the one thing that is bulletproof, regardless of whether it's in the budget or not, is your ability to be nice and kind and caring towards your staff and Correct. your team. That doesn't matter where you work. You can do that. And mm-hmm. and when I don't see that, I, that always bothers me because then there's high turnover and it's people want to be cared about. They want to feel a right. sense of community. And one thing I always loved about our team there was that we had such large age ranges of people yes. from 60 somethings down to 18, 19 year olds. And yep. they all needed a, attention and direction in different ways uh, for Correct. that. And you're experiencing yep. that, I'm sure. And then you have a population of people you're working with that to me are hilarious because the filter is completely off. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gone. It got used up. It's in the trash somewhere. Yeah. And I think it's interesting as humans how we as we get older we we're just like, well, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just gonna just say stuff, you know, like <laughs> Right. I don't care how that impacts you. Whatever. Yeah. No, my, my staff, uh the oldest guy is seventy nine. Wow. He rides his bike from Sun City Anthem all the way to Heritage, which is out near Lake Las Vegas. Yeah. Which is 14, 14 miles each way. <laughs> and he's got an e-bike and he rides it and it's like 115 and he'll come in and he goes, it's a great day for a bike ride. I'm like, you are insane. Wow. But it, he's 79. His mom's going to be a hundred next Ooh. year. I know. And then, you know, the, the youngest one we have is, how old is Caroline? She's 24, I think. So she would be our youngest. Right. We had a 19 year old before and it was just like, okay, you can't say things like that (laughs) (laughs) right right but yeah so the 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 age range as far as employees go is is pretty pretty wide and then you know the demographic of the actual residents it's it's really funny because you start to see the the strata like in a rock yes as far as you know because it's 55 and over active community so the people that are on the lower end of that age demographic you know, they're, they're my contemporaries basically. Yeah. And so like they're, they're super active and they want to go work out. And then you have the the next generation who's, you know, kind of active, a little more active than the, than the one above them. And then you get to this like area of, cause with fascial stretch therapy, of course, you know, you've got to touch people. Right. Um, the, like there's this area between like 68 and above where most of them don't like to be touched at all. Huh. And it's just like, huh, that's very interesting. What is that about? What are they, what, what do you think? I, I don't know. Honestly, I think it's just kind of a generational thing. Right. And also, you know, we don't, we're still small, so we don't have like a maintenance person or whatever. And we've got yeah. meeting rooms. And so setting up for like a HOA meeting, you got to move nine huge round tables and chairs and stuff like that. And so the ones that are, you know, in that age range where they don't want to be touched, they're also like, well, you need a man to come and help you move those tables and chairs. <laughs> yes. There should be, there should be a guy to help you. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm small, but mighty. We can do it. Yeah. It's fine. 
very old fashioned about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's just interesting to me as, as, you know, looking at it from like a standpoint of, huh, I get to have like this little slice of, of humanity that I get to see, you know, as it, you know, changes and evolves from up and down that, that path. So. Oh, it's interesting. Well, how do you, Emily at 50, uh, where do you see yourself going? What is, what, what's your hope for the, the coming years for yourself? Um, doing more um, fascial stretch therapy, probably uh, yoga stuff too. Um, just kind of hands-on, literally and figuratively speaking, with people, helping people kind of be better versions of their current self, you know, um, talking, you know, there's, there's this huge thing, especially with the people that are right on that cusp of, you know, 55, 60 Mm -hmm. and especially with the women, they're like, I want to be like I was when I was 20. I'm like, well, your body is not 20. (laughs) Right. Right. You're not 20. (laughs) You're not 20. And you know, you can't die for the pickleball anymore. Um, but I, I would really, really like to be out there and, and be able to do it wherever I am. I would like to travel more. And so be able to just kind of be, for lack of a better word, nomadic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> just like kind of like, you know, I go someplace and, you know, cause Christian wants to travel as well. And so we just kind of go places and we're able to do what we love from wherever we are. It doesn't matter. Right. I think that, so, yeah. I think that's the hope for a lot of people I've seen in this kind of gig economy that is growing substantially mm-hmm. and people, the, the remote worker traveler and people are working towards that and to be able mm-hmm. to have that lifestyle, which I think is wonderful. And for myself, I have uh, moved into that realm of my life and it's, it's been really satisfying. And I think for me, which is weird because there was a point I thought I would never leave the ridges. I was like, this is it, man. Like, this is it for me. <laughs> and now it's always a funny thing. When you say this is it, it's usually not. It's like, nope. it's like <laughs> something else is in store for you. And But I have peace about it all. And I think, you know, as, as you grow and you change and hopefully you start learning more about yourself and other people and helping others and serving others, it's always, it's a, it can be a very beautiful ride if you allow it to be and allow yourself to grow and change and um, yes. and, and I see that in you. I, I, I think I've always seen that in you, but I am certainly seeing it in you and hearing Thank it in you. you. Yes, of course. And, uh, I just had a feeling, I was like, you know, Emily, she's got to be on the show. There's just something there. <laughs> and that's how I, that's how I invite guests on. I don't have a submission or anything. I just ask people that I have a feeling about which is interesting, you know, it's not like I ask everybody, I could ask all the people I've always known in Las Vegas and stuff. I haven't done that. It's just, that's true. Yeah. I could easily be doing, you know, all the staff and stuff. It's just, for me, it's all timing and it's a feeling. It doesn't mean that they may not, they may, they may, they may be on the show. They may never be on the show. I don't know. It's just a feeling where I'm at in my life and whole thing. And I think uh, you're a very supportive person and, and I sense your energy. Yeah. And, I'm like, you know, I was thinking about Emily and I'm going to ask her to be on the show. So, Oh my God. I was so excited. 
Yeah, yeah. I it's funny. Yeah, most of the people that are on the show have have never been on one before. Nope. So it's a fun way to introduce it to people, and um, and it's the funny the funny thing is listening back to your episode is hilarious for everybody. Oh, I'm sure. Because they're like, sure. I don't. Because you know, it comes out a couple of weeks. I kind of have these this schedule because I have so many of these interviews lined up and all that, and it, they, so they forget about it, and then it comes out a couple of weeks, and they're like, Oh no, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> what what and then they listen to it and they're like i don't like my voice like what is what is that <laughs> like i don't <Right>? know <laughs> yeah no I, I totally get it yep but it's a good thing yeah. and it's helping so many people and, and you know this was my mission like it was just another thing for me to try to help people you know i'm not at a club doing that that anymore but i can certainly there's other ways for me to be flexible and malleable to do that and this is just another version Right. Of helping people. Yeah. And it's wonderful hearing, like, getting feedback from people, like, that they listen to the show on their way to work every day. And, or, you know, one of the, one of the um, people I had on, their mom is, like, my biggest fan. I don't even know this woman. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> and she's, like, always listening. She's, like, like, I can't wait till the next one comes out. And she's telling me her mom's so juiced to listen to the podcast all the time. And I'm like, see, I, there you go. Un- that's that's awesome. pretty cool, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I have to say that um, I think Stephanie Gordon needs to be my new best friend. Oh, so what did you like <laughs> about Stephanie? What, is, what do you think? Everything. She's, she's it. She's, she's the bomb diggity. She's awesome. <laughs> she's just like, especially the kid part. She's just like, no, oh. you don't tell this person to like just embrace the child having a complete meltdown at McDonald's. No. <laughs> no, I was totally like reading up on her kind of a little bit because I have I mean, I wrote an article for her one time and then that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't we never even talked on the phone. And um, so I was, I, don't know, I was just looking up some stuff. And then I, I saw that she had wrote this article one time and I was laughing so hard when I was reading it. And I was like, this lady's crazy telling this person, oh, the, it goes by so fast. You know, <laughs> the kids yeah, having a meltdown of like- huge proportions. Exactly. It's just like, shut up. Just like, hand me a tissue, please. Yeah, like, you just need to, you know, sympathize with the fact that I'm living like, this is garbage right now. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> nobody happy about this. Right? No, no, nobody, no, nobody. Nobody. It's like telling somebody, oh, they're getting hit in the head with a ball over and over again. You'll learn from this. It'll be amazing. Yeah. It'll be fun. My head hurts, bitch. I'm like, come on. I'm like... <laughs> Give me a head. Give me something to help. An ice pack or something. You know, like. <laughs> May I please have some Advil? Yeah, I'm gonna learn from it. Yeah, maybe later. I don't know. Like, why did I not move? But I just think she's so real. She's so, uh, you know, she had. She's. She could have gone on about these stories about. I loved that she was a reporter and she had been all these right. places and had all these crazy like Playboy party stories and stuff. And I was like, oh, I got to talk to her again, man. <laughs> like, I know, right? I yeah, she has to be my my new best friend. Yep. But, but she's real, you know. Her struggles are real, and and that's what yes. I want with the show: people to be honest about their struggles. And yep. uh, if you if you want to uh, connect with her, let me know. I will put you guys in in you know together, and you guys can connect with each other. It'd be awesome if you haven't already that reached was... out to her. You know? uh, no, I haven't not yet. But it's, uh, yeah, I I think um, I might. For sure. You have a great conversation. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> and she has a young, young kid, so she's like on the way out. But you got adult children. You know? I do. I do. Well, you know, Christian's daughter is 15. Oh, so, okay. You know, it's 
it's interesting. You're going back through it. Well, I have to say before we end, uh, one, Christian is an amazing person. And yes. uh, for all you guys out there, amazing photographer and just one of the kindest people you ever meet. I remember when I was leaving Vegas and I wanted to get my picture updated and he had me come down to the studio and he just, he just gave me this big hug, you know, and he kept giving me these big hugs. And I'm like, I'm a big hugger. This dude's really into it. Right. And he just kept saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm just so happy for what you're doing with your life and you're moving on. I just can't tell you how happy I am for you. He just kept saying that. Yep. And I said, man, what a great person. What a great cheerleader. And it made me think of how much love you're receiving and care yes. from this man. Yes. Um, and that he gave that out to me. Imagine what he's providing, the comfort and support he's giving you. Yep. So yes, absolutely. Um, cheers to that, to Christian Thank and you. to Hunter and Sydney and all the people we know. And thank you so much for spending time with me today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It was such a delight. Wonderful. We'll talk again sometime, Emily. That'd be great. All yes, right. Thank thanks you. a lot. Bye. Have a great day. Want to tell your employees or clients how much you appreciate them? Stand out from the competition with the best gift ever. Minky Couture Luxury Blankets are the best gift ever for appreciation and recognition to say thank you every day of the year for a job well done. For every member of your team, share your warmth. Show them you care. With Minky Couture Luxury Blankets, the best gift ever. Shop now at softminkyblankets.com. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.